0: Hi guys, and welcome to our attempt of a podcast mm-hmm. where we're going to read a story that I wrote and my three lovely daughters are going to offer, hopefully, helpful criticism.
1: Your hey, that Ada, we're lovely. <laughs>
0: Ooh. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes you're lovely. Ah! You <laughs> <It> wound <laughs> me. <laughs> so sometimes you have stinky attitudes. <laughs>
1: Never.
0: Boo! So, go Go around and introduce yourselves, and don't throw things. I'm Evelyn, also known as Reckless for Life. What? Oh, introduce (laughs) yourself. Kaylin. Kaylin. Also known as what? A puritanical
1: sister. And then there's... I'm Ada. Little sister, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Or sister. You're just sister. Oh, I'm just sister. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to read. And then if you hear something that sounds wrong or you have questions, you're just going to... Caitlin's going
1: to point out all the wrong stuff.
0: Well, she's not actually looking at the screen to tell me where I didn't get the commas and semicolons in. Oh, and Ada's ready with notes. I see. Interesting. I don't think
1: she's actually going to read anything.
0: All right. This is the prologue. Syria, January 2013. Lieutenant Colonel Elliot Jackson ran into the narrow alley, dust rising with each step. Behind him, men in captains with automatic weapons shouted instructions at the people in the crowded market. They quickly abandoned their shopping, seeking cover. ISIS didn't distinguish between enemies and civilians. Weaving between the piles of broken crates and trash, Elliot caught his breath and looked for a way out. What he had hoped to be an alley ended in a brick wall. Wedging himself into a corner and ignoring the rats that scurried by his feet, he prepared for the inevitable. He needed help, but when he crossed the Iraqi-Syrian border to gather intelligence on ISIS, he knew he was on his own. The might of the U.S. military was only 30 miles away, but they couldn't risk an international incident by rescuing him, even if his father was a general. A rat ran into the street, catching the attention of the band of armed men. They entered the dead-end alley.
1: Is this a literal rat or a figurative rat?
0: No, oh, that would be a literal rat. Ew. I walked into a kill box, Elliot thought. Lord, if you have any more miracles left for me, now is the time. Elliot waited for a clear shot. There was no surrender to ISIS. He'd seen what they had done in the villages. Mass graves filled with the bodies of old of men, old women, and small children. The young women had been claimed by ISIS fighters as wives. It broke Elliot's heart. Three men came into range. He fired rapidly. Years of training and combat experience guided the bullets to their targets. The men fell, but Elliot's body jerked to the right as a bullet struck his shoulder, the impact causing him to drop to his knees. A scarlet stain quickly soaked through his clothing. He felt no pain. I'm in shock. He gripped his pistol with his left hand and fired towards the entrance, hoping to buy time to bandage his wound. A piercing scream filled the air. Through the clouds of acrid gun smoke, Elliot saw a flash of black, then heard another scream. Men shouted, weapons fired, engines roared, tires squealed as vehicles raced away, leaving in their wake an eerie silence. Lord, I, I don't know what you just did, but thank you. Don't shoot. I'm here to help. The words were in flawless English, the voice unmistakably feminine. He kept the pistol trained toward her voice. Come where I can see you. She stepped slowly into view, her headscarf revealing only a narrow slit for her eyes. Who are you? A friend. She was at his side a moment later, pulling the cap off of a syringe and plunging it into his arm without hesitation. No time to wait for a stretcher. We have to move. Elliot tried to stand but collapsed back as his vision darkened with pain. She leaned in close to his face, dark lashes, shaded, amber-colored eyes. If you want to live, you need to walk. With her help, he struggled to his feet. His knees buckled as he stepped forward. His weight fell on her shoulder. He screamed as the impact caused waves of pain to flood his senses. She stumbled but didn't fall. We can't wait for the morphine to kick in, Selkie. They are regrouping. We either get out now or we leave in boxes. Elliot shoved the pain into a little box in his mind and closed the lid. Together they walked down the alley and into the waiting Humvee. Women floated in and up. In and out of his vision as the vehicle sped away. That is such a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing women on a <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. I've never thought of it that way. I might have I to change I it. When I, when I it. I think I might have to change that. <laughs> <laughs> women floated in and out of his vision <laughs> as the vehicle sped away. A red ribbon of life giving blood entered his veins. His eyes followed the IV, expecting to see a bag of plasma but instead saw the woman who had rescued him. She was pouring her life into him. Selkie, don't make my girl's first rescue mission end in failure. No, ma'am, Elliot whispered. My phone, tell my dad. You'll live, Selkie. I refuse to let you die. Yes, ma'am. The last thing Elliot saw was her amber eyes pleading with him to keep fighting.
1: You know... This version of the prologue feels more awkward than the other one. It's more awkward to listen to. Is it? (laughs) Yes. Why is that? I don't know. It just is. It's awkward? Ugh, yeah. What do you think, Ada? I don't know. Kaylin? Mm. She is a mute. Oh, Kaylin, come on. You have
0: opinions. (sighs) Okay, so what would make it less awkward?
1: I don't know, it's not the dialogue. I, no, yeah. that wasn't the awkward thing, it was the dialogue. And how on earth did Like, she the inner
0: dialogue?
1: Oh, the dialogue. How did she
0: find it? I him? just find it awkward. You want me to give away the whole story at once? Ada, how dare you? Yeah, Ada. <laughs> no, <laughs> last okay, time okay. you explained Stop. how you
1: found her. Um- This dialogue, this, Selkie, don't make my girls first rescue mission in Baylor. Like, all the responses just seem awkward. And also, the life thing, I just think it's awkward. Maybe it wouldn't be if I was reading this alone. I don't know. Ava, do you think I'm crazy? No, I think the... I think it should be blood instead of she was pouring her life into his. Except that's just... (sighs) Kind of weird. That's like what people say when they're falling in love with each other.
0: I've never heard <laughs> that. <laughs> people fall in love with each other. They're, I did, I did not it look it at your daddy and be like, <laughs> I'm going to pour my life
1: into you. <laughs> we can tell. No, but it's got the sim- so similar stuff I happens in other books, like towards the end when the true loves so are in So if I the change life in into
0: blood it will be less creepy for you yes, yes. <laughs> okay
1: also last time you explained how she found him that's because we were allowed to know spoilers no we? it was in the prologue
0: no mm-hmm. yes i did not i
1: don't remember yes. that
0: i think you make it no so. be- I,
1: so. I am not she probably has it too memorized i have it memorized thank you very much Uh You said how she found him. How did she find him? Yeah, tell us, Ada. Because David gave him a number to call. Oh! And she showed up. I know. I deleted that. Why? Because it it wasn't exciting anymore. It made more sense. You make it sound like she spontaneously showed up on the street and rescued him. Yes, she just did. At least she didn't spontaneously combust.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or dance before his <laughs> Oh gosh, I was trying to explain the crazy everything. No, no,
1: I understand. And we're giving you helpful and funny
0: criticism criticism. And feedback. Yeah. And feedback, thanks, guys.
1: You.
0: <laughs> but still,
1: how would she have found him? I know the publishing companies didn't like your original prologue, but I I liked it more. I did too. This seemed <sighs> more like normal books. All the books I've been reading. <laughs> oh my god! Don't you, be mama.
0: downcast. We think your prologue sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah.
0: So much better. You're gonna make me pull up the old prologue, though. Yes. Dang. So you do have it saved, so of course. course she
1: does, and I have half of it memorized. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> of my. That's you what too. I'm afraid of.
1: Why? Our bias is getting in the way because we already heard what it was originally.
0: Oh, I pulled up the wrong one.
1: Oh. Mm. Which time? The one you just read to us, or what?
0: But at no. least, Mama,
1: you'll get to find out if your original one was better, if your new one was better, or maybe you should just yeah, combine both just of them. Yeah, maybe we just remembering the.
0: Well, so this one has more detail and it sets the stage better. Yes, that's what we need. No, I meant this one. The one I just read sets the stage better. Mm -mm. It describes where he is. I also want to know why a
1: rat would run out of an alleyway someone just ran into into a street full of busy people.
0: Okay, you want me to read the original? (laughs) Yes, sure. And whoever has had the misfortune of joining us (laughs) can tell me, comment, which one is better. Baghdad, Green Zone, January 2013. Elliot Jackson filled his tray with food and sat down at the table. The room was filled with Marines and soldiers talking, laughing, complaining, blowing off steam, before the next time they climbed into a Humvee and another patrol into the Red Zone. He ate slowly, not because he wanted to savor each bite of the tasteless mush, but because he was savoring the moment of safety and camaraderie. Even though most of the room was filled with Army infantry soldiers, they were still his brothers. A few of them glanced his way, then leaned in next to each other, speaking in hushed whispers. Experience told him what they were whispering about. That's that's Lieutenant Jackson. His dad and uncle are both Marine generals in intelligence. He followed his old man's footsteps and graduated from Annapolis, then followed in his uncle's and joined the Marine Marine for Recon. He led a platoon for four years and then was part of Detachment 1. When it was disbanded, he joined the SEALs. He's now part of SEAL SEAL Team 6. If he's here, something big is going down. A breath of wind brushed against his cheek, and he looked up from his food to see a Marine sitting across from him. He didn't need to see the man's face to know who it was. There was only one Marine who'd ever snuck up on him, and apparently he hadn't lost the knack. To say it was unnerving was an understatement. Hawkeye. The other man didn't respond. Instead, he studied Elliot with eyes every bit as dark as the liquid in his cup. Elliot had learned early on in his military career that people with impressive call names were unimpressive in the field, but Hawkeye was an exception. Two years ago, the Marine Special Operative Teams had been selected to face off against SEAL Team 6 in a war games exercise. The Marines had taken the role of terrorists. He'd assumed Hawkeye was a green officer with an ego that demanded he be given a cool call name. It had turned out that Elliot had been more of a rookie than Jones. Elliot had snuck up on Jones's location, a godforsaken part of the desert, hoping to gain intel. It wasn't until he felt the prick of a dart in his leg that he realized Jones had spotted him. The last thing he remembered before he passed out was that instead of a young green of the young green officer he'd been expecting, He saw the calm, confident face of a warrior. How's the arm? Elliot snapped out of his memory and looked over at his forearm. A small white scar remained from the exercise. When he'd woken up, tied to a post in the corner of a dugout, a bandage had been wrapped around his arm. Jones had pulled out his location beacon, using it later to set the SEAL team up for an ambush. I like how you left me a scar to remind me to never underestimate my opponent. A smile cracked Hawkeye's face. Better one from me than someone else. Elliot gave a partial chuckle and reached for his bottle of water. True. Very true. How's your team? Hawkeye took a moment before responding. Ready to go home, but not so ready they're sloppy. Elliot understood Hawkeye's words. There are two patrols you don't want to be a ride along on the first and the last. The first is inexperienced and sloppy, the last is cocky and sloppy. Good. I'm counting on it. Hawkeye studied him. I heard you needed a ride to the border. Elliot lowered his voice. If Syria keeps heating up, we'll need contacts and intelligence from there. I need to make those connections. Hawkeye nodded. Brass wants us to pull out at 0800. Elliot waited. The butt was almost tangible. One of my boys tells me our ride isn't accelerating correctly. The mechanic did a once-over and gave it a green light. Elliot understood. Hawkeye's team wasn't satisfied with the mechanic's answer, and neither was he. It had him worried to the point that Hawkeye had given up valuable prep time to find him and have this casual conversation. The mechanic rushed the inspection to meet my timeline. Hawkeye wants to know if my timeline has any give. "'What would make your boys comfortable?' Elliot asked. "'New carburetor. One of my boys is a gearhead. He says with the mechanic they can have it swapped out in three hours.' Elliot nodded. I'll clear the delay. Hawkeye turned his head and gave a slight nod. A Marine in the doorway nodded and left the room at a jog. Hawkeye stood up. Sir, I'll see you in three hours. Elliot glanced up as Hawkeye moved to sit next to him in the back of the Humvee. Time? Jones nodded, but stuck a piece of paper into Elliot's hand. I have a contact in Syria, former military who is training the locals to defend themselves against ISIS. If you're in a bad spot and need an evac and traditional help is too far out, text your location to this number. Tell them Jones sent you. Elliot took the paper and memorized the number. Thanks. Is it that bad in Syria? Jones took the paper back, burying it deep in his pocket. Yeah, Elliot, it's bad. Walk softly. Elliot had never heard Jones use his first name before. The Humvee jerked to a stop. Jones popped the back doors open. Cover on the northeast, 100 yards. You'll have to run to make it before the next car comes around. Go with God. Elliot nodded and jumped out of the Humvee. Three weeks later. This is a lot longer of a prologue.
1: I know, but I prefer it.
0: Elliot slapped a fresh magazine into his pistol, bullets zinging through what was left of his window, embedding themselves into the cement wall and spraying the room with concrete chips. Blood pooled on the floor, and Elliot debated, setting his pistol down to bandage his side. But then he heard footsteps on the landing. They were about to come in. He moved into the corner and waited. Three shots. Three men fell. If I die today, I want Dad to know I went down swinging. The gunfire outside increased, bullets now beginning to break through the cement wall, but he ignored them and focused on the door. They'd be back, or they'd throw in a grenade. In any case, he needed to remain focused. Suddenly, the shots moved from the cement wall. They were still firing, but not at him. He resisted the urge to leave Sid's safety to look. Suddenly, engines raced and tires squealed as the vehicles raced away. Suddenly, it was calm. He took a deep breath and reached for his med kit. He jerking his hand away when he heard the broken glass crunch under someone's feet. Don't shoot. Jones told you to text me. I'm here to help. The words were in flawless English. The voice was female. He kept the pistol trained at the door. Come where I can see you. One empty hand appeared in the doorway. Slowly the arm, then the leg, shoulder, and finally a head. A black burqa with camouflaged fatigue pants, only a narrow slit for her eyes. He struggled to keep the pistol up, his arms suddenly weak. Who are you? I'm Jones's friend. She showed her open palms, then opened her burqa. Other than a bulletproof vest, she was unarmed. Elliot lowered his pistol. She was at his side a moment later, calling out instructions in Arabic. Another woman came in. Same clothes, but on her shoulder was a bag. She dropped it on the floor just as the first woman lay him back against the floor and cut his shirt off. He glanced over at his side. The puddle of blood was now a pool. No wonder it's getting so hard to focus. A third woman positioned herself next to the window, rifle at her shoulder. Elliot screamed as the second woman pressed against his side. Morphine, the woman shouted. I need an IV. No time, the first woman answered. She pulled the cap off of a syringe and, without hesitating, plunged it into his arm. No time to wait for a stretcher. He can't walk, the second woman exclaimed. The first woman flung off her hijab and leaned in close to Elliot's face, amber color eyes shaded by dark lashes. If you want to live, you need to walk. Elliot grabbed her hand and struggled to his feet. The pain from his side caused his legs to buckle. The women kept him upright, but he wished the person outside would stop screaming. He took a breath. The screaming stopped. We can't wait for the morphine to kick in, Selkie. They're regrouping. We either get out now or we leave in boxes. Elliot shoved the pain into a little box in his mind and closed the lid. Together they made it down the stairs. A Humvee screeched in front of the building. The doors swung open, and Elliot was shoved in the back. Women barked out orders, and Elliot found his legs elevated. A glance at his side showed that the bandage had soaked through. His vision started narrowing. Selkie, don't make my girl's first mission end in failure. No, ma'am, Elliot whispered. And the last thing he saw were those amber eyes pleading with him to fight on her. Okay.
1: Kay, which one do you think is better?
0: Hey, Lynn. Yeah, which one do you think is better? The second one has a broader setup. Yes. Does that make it better or worse? Think... Are there elements from both that could be combined?
1: I think. I think elements. I think the first scene's a little weird, knowing the future. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, the first scene in which version? Just call
1: the second the do you mean the original one?
0: Yeah, original one. will just what? call it original. The first scene of it? Mm-hmm.
1: The original one? That's a little weird. I maybe, don't, maybe. on base? Yeah. I don't know the flashbacks to the game. Yeah. I think you could cut some stuff out, but I do, I do prefer the original one a lot more. And it doesn't have the dialogue being awkward. No awkward. Not that the dialogue's awkward, it makes you feel awkward hearing it. Especially when he's like, like, no, I won't die, and then tell my dad <laughs> where I died. Like, what? it makes sense.
0: Well, you know, there's the, no, I'm not planning on dying, and then, oops, I died anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> you can't will yourself to live you know sure you
1: can and i think the original one matches your writing better than the new prologue
0: well she may have matched up her writing too so part of it is the new prologue was written with the constraint for the writing competition oh,
1: okay yeah so that would
0: do it So it really had to condense because it could only be 720 symbols. That's counting quotation marks and periods. Yeah, And spaces. And spaces. Yeah. So you're suggesting... Well, what elements of... So you don't like the first scene. Mm. Well, what do you mean like the first scene, Mm. Ada? You're talking the entire conversation with Jackson... Are you talking removing the War Games reference?
1: No, I think it works. I think... Yeah, no, I like it as it is.
0: That's really I just, I'm
1: remembering... What are
0: good elements from the first... So I'll be honest, in the second one, the rewritten one, I like the setup for the conflict better. It's more...
1: Yeah, that is better, but it's still, it's more, not... It doesn't feel like a good prologue. I don't understand in the first one why there was black flashing and people screaming. Yeah. It's a clue. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't well, see how it's they?
0: a clue. <laughs> <laughs> would they? <coughs> yes.
1: What? I'm missing it.
0: That's okay. You'll
1: you'll catch it. Oh.
0: You missed it. And about 30. forty chapters. No, <laughs> I will
1: get it once this podcast stops and I get it to tell me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what about this? What if I took? Because I get what you're saying, and one of the reasons, like, the second prologue is a lot tighter. But it seems to lack personality. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So...
1: It's like, it's a standalone. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not meant to continue on. That's why I think if you had the conversation with David put in there... You mean... So... No. Jones? Yeah, you can't say David. But this is... They don't
0: know that yet. It's oh okay. Oh, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Jones. I also think What's I want to so give hard. him a different call name.
1: Yeah, because yeah. Avengers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That wasn't it. quite what I was going for. You I was going, going for Last of, Last of the of Mohicans. The Mohicans. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, and I had, like, the best line. Like, he got that because, you know how in Last of the Mohicans, Hawkeye, the British are like, how come that you're going to... To... um." east uh-huh. and he says well I face north and turn <laughs> so do I turn left <laughs> yes and that was going to be how he got that nickname is because as marines are sent in first and so they a lot of times they'll be coming back out of a battle before as other people are going in and have that be a conversation that he had that somebody heard and was like ah. anyway
1: no, like, I think he needs a, definitely needs a new call name, because I just went straight to the... I Avengers. know, uh-huh. and that's the
0: problem. So we got to come up with a really great... Rex Danger Vest. Oh, God, no, that's not a good one. <laughs> and it can't be Indiana, either, for Indiana Jones. Ugh. Um, What were some more names from Last of the Mohicans? Oh, there's Natty Bumpo. That's a damn <laughs> cat- admit, if a uncool call name... be
1: Trail Finder. Tra- pathfinder? Yeah, Pathfinder. That's long. The so finder nice. of Pathfinder. pathfinder. <laughs> no, the Pathfinder sounds to me like, if you ran away from him, he would always find you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what if I took the intro with On the Barracks and the conversation with Jones and all that and I left it in place and then, but instead of the second half where he shot, I insert the first part prologue or the rewritten prologue. Yeah, but prologue. can you please fix how it makes me feel awkward? You will have to tell me how exactly it makes <laughs> the you feel awkward. How is that dialogue more awkward than the first it prologue that I just? It just is.
1: They seem too chatty for having first met and. There's more chat, there's more conversation in the original, and so it doesn't sound as weird. Okay,
0: so I want to keep the battle, according to you, I need to keep the battle (laughs) from the rewritten one, but change all of the conversation in it and get rid of the women dancing across his vision. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds like, what was that kid's movie where the one got drunk and he saw pink elephants dancing? Maybe it wasn't drunk. What was that? from it was a kids movie
1: it wasn't maybe the it's, elephant dumbo. Movie,
0: was it? it's dumbo was it dumbo yeah it's not no elephants. no a
1: different one th- with the cartoon elephants the yeah, tv I don't, show what I don't was know. that
0: babar yes i don't remember that from babar
1: what is uh, babar? even
0: was that show babar yes <laughs> <laughs> i remember the witching <laughs> sticks <Yeah. laughs> all right witching for water okay so that's interesting so if anybody's listening if you oh, haven't Lord. all run away by now, if you now. have not run away and gone, these people are insane. Give us some feedback. Which which prologue do you prefer, the first or the second? And did the dialogue in the first make you feel <laughs> icky inside? <laughs> not icky, just
1: awkward. Awkward, like you want to scratch your face because it's just
0: ugh just one of those. Well, yeah. we don't want face scrunching. <laughs> My goodness.
1: Not the face scrunching. Anything like
0: that. <sighs> Alright. Any thoughts, Kaylin? Do you agree with them or what do you think? Am I being crazy? No, you have to tell me what you think. Which prologue was better?
1: <clears throat> you were a paper. original
0: were Parts of the original were better. Which parts? Which yeah? Which parts? You wrote Come an entire on. paper
1: on what you think of things. You can say it now.
0: Yeah. College <laughs> student, you're good at opinions.
1: Come on. Don't make me steal your embroidery. No. Mm.
0: talk. Hey! Oh. Eight. Um. No, like, do you agree with them? Kinda. Kinda. Does the uh, first one make you feel itchy inside like you want to wrinkle your nose? The, the new I one. i have to look at it and it might be a little sharper.
1: I think the, the problem was you forced yourself to write completely different from you normally do, so then the new prologue just does not seem like it's yours.
0: Yeah, I can see that because reading the prologue and then going into the first chapter is kind of whiplashy.
1: Yes, it doesn't fit well.
0: But when I sent that in for a free review... They told me that I had to work on non passive sentences.
1: He shot someone. Is that one
0: passive? It kind of can be. We should get Kaylin to explain that one. It's verb tense and how you. Yeah, so I tend that. to write things. You'd be swapping the direct object and making it the subject. Yes. Yeah. Making it passive. Hmm. And if you write active tense, it's supposedly more interesting to your reader. I'm still trying to figure that out. just like writing
1: first person. I've been told that if you want to write books, you have to write first person.
0: That's ridiculous. Then you're Not limited. Only the
1: person only does third person.
0: Well, generally...
1: Mama does whatever person omnition. <laughs> yes, I can't I choose do. which person to do. I keep flopping between first and third whenever I write.
0: Well, it's so be a nightmare does that I mean edit. you're writing first person, as in I, me? Mean, and then you switch to like third person. Yes. Omniscient? Once I hit
1: a block, I just write like there's a narrator.
0: Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know. At least you don't do that. No, that's why I have... that, And unfortunately, you can't pick it up well, because I'm not a trained reader. I'm not a voice actor. Which I'm doing better than Kaylin, who has decided she's only ever going to say, "Uh uh-huh, and hmm, in front of a (laughs) microphone. My goodness. You (sighs) silly. Anyway, point being, when when you're reading stories, it's hard to catch the italicized thoughts whereas Uh, when you read them it makes a lot of sense yeah but most authors start out writing in first Mm -hmm. person some of my earliest earliest stories were written first person and then
1: she switched to whatever this is
0: this would be third person omniscient don't
1: ever write second person it is the weirdest thing ever
0: oh I don't know if I've read I can't, anything. I don't know how to read it. It's just weird. I don't know if I've read anything second person.
1: I think I've seen a handful. It's very
0: rare. That that just seems super awkward.
1: I can't remember what, what it's person? what's so different between it and first person, but it just is somehow. Because you're talking about you. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So oh yeah, you go do this. Something about. You. I
0: know it's just. But that would mean that there's, there's an I somewhere if there's you yeah, everywhere. Yeah, but, but it's just
1: you, you, did, uh, it's, it's, I don't know who created it, but whoever created it was crazy.
0: It was you know, crazy. only it works
1: if you're, like, telling somebody to do something.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, we need to sign off, because mm-hmm. Kaylin's got stuff to do. So, if you enjoyed what you heard so far, uh, keep your eye open, see when we release... Chapter one, Mm -hmm. which is a lot longer. But maybe they'll be less picky. (laughs) One can always hope.
1: No, you can't.